I challenge you to a duel. Hello and uh, welcome back to the Movie Jewel podcast. This is episode four. Uh, my name is Liam and I have with me my good friend Peter. Buongiorno. Gorlami. Um <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know how the podcast works, basically me and Pete come up with uh, a theme, a topic, something to discuss. We will pick two movies around that theme, and then we will basically just have a discussion about said movies, and maybe leave it up to you to see which one is the best. Indeed. Yes. So, uh, how have you been, Pete? Have you been alright, and what have you watched? Well, first things first, for a bit of sympathy, I'm in agony because I've pulled my back. Oh. Well, that's not good. It's not, no. So I'm currently sat... In a reasonable amount of pain, dosed up with my daughter's um, unicorn heaty bag strapped to my back. So it, I do apologise to any listeners this week if I let out the odd wince or cry in pain. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best feeling in the world. It's obviously part of getting close to forty. I yeah. think. <laughs> well, this is but... the part. This is the part in editing where I will add in. Uh... The sound effect of uh, a back cracking, a back cracking, or um, from Sam Raimi's Spider Man when Peter Parker's like, <laughs> "My back, my back." <laughs> or the or the Simpsons where Homer gets punched and by the bigger bro- bigger brother and bent <laughs> over the over the um, whatever it is. Q Simpsons clip. This is even more painful than it looks. Yes, <laughs> finally, after four weeks, we've got a Simpsons clip in. Oh. Fantastic. Right. Um, but yeah, no, so in, yeah, I've not really watched a lot. I mean, I had to watch your choice for this week because I'd not seen it. Mm. I managed to sort of watch both movies actually around or, you know, bookended um, my watching of the Queen's Funeral on, on Monday. Yeah, RIP oh, Big yeah. Lizzie. Um but yeah, not a great. I've been watching more TV than anything. I've been I've binged watched yeah. the the first series of the boys. I'm now into the second series. Really enjoying that. Um, yes. Apart from Carl Urban's quite atrocious Cockney accent. Yeah, I think it's so bad. It's kind of I kind of like it now. Oh, they did like it in episode one where they do the 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 movie sort of reenactment of him um, uh, blowing up Elizabeth Hughes' character, and it's like. It's like, shut up or I'll bollocks you or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, it's one of those things, and I'm going to go off on a little tangent yeah. here, but it's like it, it frustrates me. And I think well, we discussed this last week on the, I think, when, when we talked about Titanic. Yeah. It's like Carl, Carl Urban's Australian, mm. and we know he can do a decent American accent. So why bother writing him as a Cockney, you know, it's not really vital to the story, so why not just make him Australian or American? Yeah. It's pointless. Yeah, I don't really know. I know it's based on, well, I think it's based on a comic book. It's the same guy who did Preacher and all that sort of stuff, so I don't know whether the character's British or... 
Right. I don't really know. Um, it doesn't bug me that much, but I, I get where you're coming from. And I've managed to get in a bit more Rick and Morty as well. I'm really enjoying that nice bit of tea time viewing. Uh, yes, yes. And, and ever so slightly more disturbing in, than the boys, to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely enjoying that. And my, my bedtime... It's so good. My bedtime viewing is, because I like to watch a bit of something to sort of drift off to, has been um, all, so far, all the uh, Indiana Jones films are on all four so they're my uh, bedtime viewing nice well you, you can't go wrong with indiana jones apart from kingdom of the crystal skull so yes we'll not talk about that yeah. <laughs> no the movie that shall not be named <laughs> but have you seen i've seen a few reports about the the new one of i think i've texted you about them didn't i yeah um and uh, uh jonathan uh, jonathan reese davis is that his name? I don't know. Is that the Irish dude? Jonathan Rhys Davis? He's oh, the Salah. Oh, yeah, yeah. John Rhys Davis. John yeah, Rhys yeah, Davis. Yeah. Sorry, yes, yeah. Yeah. Asps. Very dangerous. You go first. Yeah, he's back. Yeah. He's back in this one. I don't know how much. Yeah. And, well, I've seen, I know I've seen set photos with him with, um, I forget the actor's name, but short round. So I don't know if he makes a bit of an appearance or what. Mm, but I don't know. Well, uh, we shall see. I have very low expectations. Well, <laughs> but I'd love to be wrong. But. At least George Lucas isn't involved. No, but neither Steven Spielberg. So I kind of feel like it's a bit blasphemous to make an Indiana Jones <laughs> film without Spielberg. But mm, well, I mean, Luke, Lucas and Spielberg always said. Well, I think it's Spielberg more than Lucas always said it was. He always wanted it to be my James, the American sort of James Bond, and it never yeah. really sort of got to that i suppose no well i i think i can remember in the the making of like he said like you know indiana jones was done that was a perfect way to end it when they rode off into the sunset and i was quite happy with it finished but yeah hmm. anyway enough about that <laughs> yeah. so what about you what have you watched anything good this week uh i've watched one thing really good and i can't remember if i spoke about it last time but did we talk about i was watching the devil in ohio yes that, yeah uh, i finished that terrible can't really recommend it it's is it a mike flanagan thing no it's not at all no 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 not at all <laughs> it's um i think it's based on a book it's just very bland it's just very vanilla and i think that's the worst thing really when you've got a show like that that's got some good ideas but it's just the execution of it's just so bland and vanilla like it's ugh, I, I didn't like it but um the girl in it uh, the main girl bugging me. I recognised her from somewhere, but she was in um, Colour Out of Space. You know the old Richard Stanley one. It was the the daughter in that. She's in it. Um, she's not too bad in it, but I wouldn't really recommend it. It's very, very rubbish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the uh, the upside. I watched Blowout. If you've ever seen that, no. De Palma. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's from like 1981. Uh, I hadn't seen it before. Like I'd heard of it, but I hadn't seen it, but I decided to give it a watch, and fuck me, it was really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, it was like a neo-noir thriller. It's John Travolta. It was really, really fucking good. Like, I, I really loved it. I would definitely recommend it. All right, okay. Where's that, sh- that showing somewhere on... No, I think it was on... I watched it on Amazon Prime, but I got, like, one of those um, sign-up, you know, for a seven-day free trial right, sort of I thing. See. Um, so yeah, I need to cancel that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> make a, make a note yeah, the, quick. <laughs> yeah, the the movie was really good. Uh, basically, John Travolta was like a sound guy that works on movies like terrible, schlocky, 
horror movies and he goes out one night to record some sounds for the new movie and uh, he hears an accident happen and then stuff happens after that and he gets drawn into this like conspiracy sort of thing and John Lithgow's in it he's really good and really creepy Um, it was just brilliant I just loved it yeah Brian De Palma at his best I think it was amazing highly recommend yeah I'll have a look for it yeah so anyway enough about the movies that we've watched now we're going to talk about the ones oh yeah sorry before we do because we've got this little theme going on with um, since episode one or two uh, about X Files connections with the movies that've been uh, watching, um, and yeah. we sort of joked about it last week and couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, but there was one in uh, in your choice, Titanic. Uh, Francis mm-hmm. Fisher, um, who was um, did you say it was Rose's mum? Rose's mum, yes, Ruth, yeah. Ruth, something or other. Um, she was in. Series eight, uh, an episode called Essence, where she played a, um, a sort of the hired help for Scully when she was pregnant, who turned out to be part of a an alien cult and uh, tried to steal her baby. So there okay. you go. So this is going to be a running yeah. theme, and I've actually got one for this week from my choice. But I'll go into that when we uh, get discussing. Fantastic. Yeah, I think we will keep this as a an ongoing thing, and. Uh... It keeps reminding me to get back into X-Files. I really do need to <laughs> get back in where I left off. You are sort of on the cusp where it, it started to go shit and, and jump the shark. I think you were in series yeah. four, I think, weren't you, when you stopped? I can't really remember. Uh, four or five, at least. I think yeah, I think it was... I think it was. It's definitely before the movie, so it must have been four, yeah. But I was still enjoying it. Still good. Still one of the best TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so if you can remind the good people in, what uh, what was your choice for this week? Yes, okay, so my choice uh, for this week was Childhood Trauma. So it was a movie that we would have watched as kids that scared the shit out of us, creeped us out. Um, it had to be a kids' film, though. This couldn't be like when we snuck off and saw a bit of Alien 3 or something like that. So it had to be a movie that we watched when we was a kid. So that is it, Childhood Trauma. So, Pete, would you like to tell the people what your choice is? Yes. Well, I was um, I had quite a few in mind, which you know I'll go in, into at the end. It was quite a there was quite a a, a good uh, good selection to to sort of think about. Uh, but I decided to go for one of the first things that popped into my head: uh, Return to Oz from nineteen eighty five. This summer, Walt Disney Pictures presents a motion picture fantasy adventure beyond your fondest imagination. You'll be transported miraculously back to the enchanted land of Oz, that magical kingdom beloved by young and old for generations. It's just a yellow brick. No, Belina, you don't understand. This was the yellow brick road. You'll share with Dorothy Gale the shock of finding everything mysteriously changed. What's happened to everybody? And you'll delight with her discovery of four wonderful new friends who band together against a wicked queen and the dreaded Gnome King. This is the Oz you haven't seen before, and this is the Oz you'll want to visit again and again. From Walt Disney Pictures comes a whole new world of entertainment. Why don't we just fly back to Kansas? 
Directed by Walter Murch, uh, starring Feruza Bolk, Nicole Williamson, Jean Marsh, and Laurie Piper. So synopsis for Return to Oz. Uh, Dorothy, saved from a psychiatric experiment by a mysterious girl, is somehow called back to Oz when a vain witch and the Gnome King destroy everything that makes the magical land beautiful. Lovely. <laughs> Uh, so yes, so uh, based on the works of L. Frank Baum, who obviously wrote the series of books um, centered around the land of Oz. This story sort of pulls from a few different books: uh, the marvelous, marvelous land of Oz, Ozma of Oz, and TikTok of Oz. Uh, so it was Walter Murch's only theatrical directing credit. Uh, I think he directed. Something a cartoon, I think, or something. That was the only. Yeah, do you know what it was? Oh, go on. <laughs> it was one episode of the Clone Wars. Clone Wars, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Animated Star Wars thing. But yeah. you know, he's 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 quite a famed sort of sound and film editor. Won Oscars mm. um, in nineteen ninety six for the English Patient for sound and for editing, um, and for sound for Apocalypse Now. Yeah, which is a pretty tasty sort of uh, sound. Sound score, I don't know what the thing is, but it's yeah, top notch sound. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, so it was a it was a commercial failure. Uh, the budget of twenty eight million, uh, and it only took eleven point one million. And uh, and yeah, it absolutely scared the bejesus out of me when I was a kid. I think you know, for starters, you've got a this sort of deep seated feeling of what. The Wizard of Oz is. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There are bits in The Wizard of Oz that are quite freaky. You've got like things like uh, the flying monkeys. Yeah. The munchkins to a degree as well. Mm. They're a little bit freaky, but on the whole, it's this wholesome family musical, bright colours, feel good story, and then you've got this reworking almost sort of quasi sequel that came along fifty years later or something ridiculous. And is just grim and terrifying in places. Yeah, I mean, I watched this on Disney Plus, and with Disney Plus, you get your little sort of warnings. This this movie has uh, bad language and all that sort of stuff. The only one that comes up for this on Disney Plus is it contains tobacco depictions. Oh, which made me laugh because really, to be fair, it's the least concerning thing for your ch- child to be watching. Somebody. Uh, a big stone man smoking a pipe yeah. compared to somebody, some of the other things that are depicted in the film. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not many uh, kids' movies that start off where the protagonist is going to get shock therapy and it's a child. You know, I mean, it's so vastly different to The Wizard of Oz. There's, you know, there's no songs or anything at all. It's a complete U-turn to what... So I'm not quite... I'm not necessarily surprised that it was a commercial failure because I think... Everybody would be thinking, oh, well, this is Dorothy, it's, you know, Ruby Slippers, uh, you know, dancing down the yellow brick road and all that sort of stuff. And it's just not. And like you say, you know, the whole film just begins really, <laughs> really bleakly in that um, they're, they're down on the luck on the farm. You know, obviously the tornadoes force them to build a, a new house, not got any money. So it's, it starts off very bleak. It has very, you know, you keep sort of getting at me for, for bringing up these sort of sub issues that are potentially there in films but it's it is it's got these sort of mental health undertones as well is 
Mm. You know, they think Dorothy's disturbed or not right in the head. Just think that she's making it all up. You've got this sort of suggestion that Uncle Henry's going through some kind of depression as well because he's... Uh, and then sort of makes this this comment about his leg being mended. Um, mm. But, you know, he, he's, he's struggling to, to sort of finish the house. I mean, even Toto looks a bit pissed off, to be honest. He's, you know, well, yeah. When she's going on about um, Oz and finding the key and all this, he's just like, for fuck's sake, I'm not going there again. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, it, maybe it's because Kansas actually looks like a big English field, to be honest. Um, yeah, it suspiciously does, doesn't it? It does, does it? It's not that sort of Midwestern dust. It's, you know, it's a nice lush green field, uh, which was actually um, Salisbury Plain. Okay. So not yeah. not too far from Stonehenge and Glastonbury and all that, sort of, all that sort of stuff. Okay. But then, you know, it doesn't mess about, to be fair. You know, you're getting into the main sort of thread of the story. Uh, even at two hours, you know, it doesn't take its time. And it takes Dorothy to, uh, to this mental institution I suppose really it looks yeah it's very much like an old-fashioned asylum once she sort of gets in there and past uh the doctor and things like that she's sat in this room hearing people screaming in the distance did I hear somebody scream earlier no it's the sort of thing that you find in a in any sort of horror film really you know and you've got to remember this is a kids movie (laughs) exactly you know I mean I I've anything that's set in a mental asylum or institution or whatever you want to call it whatever the PC thing is calling it Mm. has always freaked me out and always sort of got Mm. to me a little bit there's even a line I think it's the I don't know if the girl's got a name in the sort of real world quote unquote Uh, but the girl who plays Ozma she says it's the the damaged patient who've been locked in the cellar uh, and uh, but you know we do get there's nice little there's nice little callbacks to the original Wizard of Oz. So at this point mm-hmm. you've got three of the characters or three of the actors who are going to appear as characters from Oz. The 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 Doctor played by Nicole Williamson who is the Gnome King. You've got the brilliant Jean Marsh who's a, a superb villain in pretty much anything that she's in. Or she she was Queen Bavmorda in the Epic Willow. Yeah, you know she's just nightmare fodder. Did you notice that she was wearing the the Wicked Witch costume when she was the nurse? Yes, I um, yeah, I did notice that, and um, she was definitely the thing that I remember most scaring me as a kid. Mm. It was her, and I, I echo your sentiments. I think she's fucking amazing in this. I think she's really good, and you know, she's obviously great in everything she's been in. I mean, I haven't seen everything, but she. I think she. She always seems to find that right sort of balance, really. Of it's serious enough to be scary, but not taking herself too seriously, mm. almost. Especially in this, when she gets a, gets going. Uh, and then you got Pon Pons Mar, who appears as the orderly and later as as one of the wheelers that we'll definitely get talking about. But yeah, yeah like you say, you know, you've got this eight nine year old girl who is going for electroshock therapy, basically. Yeah. Until until the lights go out and. She manages to escape, and I think. Can you imagine Judy Garland being strapped down, ready for <laughs> <laughs> electrotherapy? You know, I mean, whatever the whatever she did in her private life, or you know, <laughs> off the camera, I don't know. <laughs> well, she, but, I um, think she did. That was more later on in life, I think. On it, yeah, all that yeah. Stuff, those sorts of things. But, um, yeah, I can totally agree. And like, there's there must have been some big, a lot of pressure being put on because you're making a sequel to a movie that is pretty much, it's always in that at least the top 10 of the best films ever made 
sort of thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? This 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 movie has a lot of lot of baggage. It, I think it came out in like nineteen thirty nine or something, so it had been around for a long time, and everybody knows it. And I also love the fact that when it starts, it's pretty much like what a couple of, like a few months after the first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it acknowledges that you know it is part of that, but it, it the tone is totally different, and like you say, there's no songs. It's quite depressing. Well, that's it. I think you you, you know Walter Merch. Read some interviews and some bits and bobs with him, and he's you know it, it was clear that they they weren't setting out to make a direct sequel. It was a it was a new sort of take and do something different, and you know this this tone and everything was pretty much planned. But then it's like you're never going to be able to you're never going to be able to market that. Mm. Certainly not in the eighties as as this new vision of Oz and everything else. Very ahead of its time, I suppose, to use an old cliched. Mm saying but it's definitely a, a good film and an interesting film and i think it certainly at the time didn't get its 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 full plaudits and i think that goes to show like the times that this movie was made like it this wouldn't be made now like back then they were taking risks so we're making a sequel to a movie that was loved by everyone mm-hmm. that had this happy tone and we're going to do something totally different and we're going to make it really dark and there are some genuinely scary scenes in this for a kids movie Christ, um, yeah. and obviously this was made by Disney <laughs> so I'm quite surprised that they let it happen but you know it's I like to think that the filmmaker maybe got to do what he wanted to do or at least yeah, you know I think so you know give the film his own voice sort of thing it wasn't a film made by committee it was somebody who you know had a vision and they followed it through to the best of their abilities yeah yeah exactly but that's it you know and i think this was it's amazing that you know when you read up about the film that there's not a lot of studio interference you hear about a lot of big budget major studio productions especially sort of 80s 90s where you know the studio will come and say no you need to do this no it needs to be this no it needs to be that whatever it may be I don't know whether that was because it was sort of produced, part produced by Alan Alan Ladd. Yeah, I think he's reasonably famous for you know letting people sort of get on with things. I think in the in the Alien documentary that we love so much, you know, he's very yeah. much like not putting the pressure on and mm. um, just going with the flow and trusting the decisions they they make about who's making the film. Suppose that um, back then there wasn't really any huge stars in this. No. Either, really, was there? I mean, there's nobody, like, super famous from that time. I mean, obviously, like, there's Fruza Bulk and stuff like that, but she's not, like, you know, she's not a Tom Cruise or anything like that. There's nobody super famous in this. No, no, exactly. It's it's quite a... You probably... Really, Piper Laurie is probably your, your biggest sort of name in there, and she's any sort of bookends the film. Uh, but then, you know, things don't get much better, really, once we get to, to Oz. You think, you know, get to Oz and a bit of some... Singing uh, short people and stoned out witch, uh, but no, we get desolation and destruction. It's uh, just a yellow brick. No, Belina, you don't understand. This was the yellow brick road. Oh. And thieving children who were taking lunch pails off the trees, <laughs> and and we get Belina, who is an amazing animatronic. It just looks so it look, good. Yeah, so it looks like a real chicken, doesn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's and and to considering she is just one big MacGuffin for the film, really, and to to get us to the ending um, that we get, it's just an amazing little piece of uh, special effects. There's a lot. To be fair, there's a lot in this. You know, yeah. it's there's a lot of brave decisions as well. You know, to show that you know these iconic images and just ruin mm. Yellow Brick Road. One of the things you know, you say to somebody, Wizard of Oz, 
and they'll say yellow brick road it's mm. one of the first things and we're just showing it you know just smash the pieces there's some really uh, really nice matte paintings in this as well i think this mm. is sort of coming probably to the end of the use of of matte paintings as we get through the 80s and stuff but yeah. there's some really strong ones here really really nice images throughout the film really um, but then, you know, as we get into the Emerald City, things are not much better there. People turn to stone, headless women dancing. Mm, creepy. the introduction of our first major pants-shitting scenes, uh, the wheelers. Yeah. The, we- the fucking wheelers. Come here, chicken! You know, they're really the sort of fly monkeys of this film. Uh, the the underlings yeah. are doing the the dirty work. But the, it's, it starts with that sort of build-up. You obviously get the the graffiti on the wall of the Beware the Wheelers. Who are, I'm guessing they did it themselves. Mm. Because everyone's turned to stone. But I don't know how, yes. So unless they, yeah. unless they maybe rubbed the wheel in some paint and then... You know, did it yeah, roll, maybe. roller style, maybe. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, if they did do it themselves, they're, they're not really giving themselves the element of surprise. But there we go. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm picking mm. there. Uh, but you know, that creep, there's that creepy sort of build up. You get the fleeting sort of glimpses of them going behind the, uh, the pillars and things like that. And I, you know, there's very sort of akin to a scary clown. I think you know the the, the very silly sort of circus acty type characters. Yeah. Um, you know, scary but silly. And they've got that sort of unearthly quality, obviously the extended limbs, the constant laughing, you know, and they do and the the, the threats are, are pretty pretty grim again for a family film. You have to come out sooner or later. And when you do, we'll tear you into little pieces and throw you in the deadly desert. They're not something you'd hear in in, in the original, I think the Wicked Witch had a few sort of things that she she was threatening them with, but I don't think tearing them to little pieces was one of them. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're quickly shown to be sort of quite cowardly as well, That you know, by mm. the end of that interaction. They are just them. minions, really, aren't they? That's what they are. Yeah, but I think mm. you've, every time you watch it and you get that introduction with the sort of hat, face on the top of the, on the hat sort of thing, it still has the same, it still has the same effect, uh, even though you know they're just a bit... They're a bit shit, really. They're not really a, a great sort of antagonist. But if you look up, if you ever look, get a chance, look up the the original sort of drawings or the the concept of the the wheelers from the books. Okay. If they'd have gone for that, they'd have been about a hundred times creepier because okay. they they've got these sort of roughs and very sort of elongated faces and even freakier. Be interesting if anybody ever attempted to do any more of the Oz books. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, Sam Raimi tried. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't think that was too bad. It it was a bit. I didn't think so either. It it was too slow in the beginning. To be fair, it took ages to get going. Whereas obviously this film doesn't. It's used straight into the action. I mean, this is about half an hour into the film, I think, if that. Mm. Uh, and then we get a, a, a little bit of fluff with the introduction of TikTok and his his sort of inner inner workings and who he is and all that sort of thing. And he saves the day. And then. You know, less than five minutes, we're introduced to the uh, the next piece of nightmare bait, which is Mombi. Yeah. Uh, so I think in this this sort of section, you've got you've got a couple of different actresses playing Mombi because obviously it's revealed that she can take a different heads off and stuff. Um, Sophie Ward, who's been, who's been in a few bits, who, who plays the first sort of iteration. She's 
got that sort of, a little bit of an unearthly sort of quality to her and quite sort of, you know, like she's just wandered in, this little girl's just wandered in and she's acting like it's nothing uh, and she's got quite a suitable sort of resting bitch face as well for, for that role. Excuse me, miss, but are you Princess Mombi? Oh, help me to rise. I do love that practical set, like when... Dorothy yes. walks in there and it's just this massive room beautiful covered in mirrors yeah. absolutely covered in mirrors and it sort of like reflects her character as well because obviously she's quite vain and likes yeah. to switch her head and change her looks that she's constantly looking in the mirror and this 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 whole set is just covered in mirrors and I must just think it must have been a bastard to film in there <laughs> but um that that is a great scene she's just sat there playing like the lute or something it's amazingly detailed it's just yeah it's amazing yeah and the costume's great as well. And we get this, so we get this revelation that she's got all of these heads. And this is the single. This is the part that disturbed me and stayed with me for ages. And whenever I watched it, it was. It's not just the fact that there's heads. It's the fact that she's walking through and the heads are moving and they're looking yeah. at her, and you know they're reacting to her being there. And again, she takes off the head and just swaps it like it's nothing. And you're like. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> um, and then later, when Dorothy goes to get the, the the powder of life, you've got she's she's already gone past Mombi asleep in the bed, who's snoring, yeah, without a head. So I'm not quite sure where that's coming from. That mm. noise, whether it's it could be one of, of one of a number of orifices, obviously not <laughs> a mouth. Um, no. She might have a hole in her stump. Or something. Possibly. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> Best not thought about, I suppose. Yeah, I guess not. It, no, I'll not go there. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> uh, but then you, you get this sort of revelation of her original head as well, which is is Jean Marsh, who, you know, even just obviously there with her eyes closed is just terrifying mm. without even opening her eyes. This that It's this scene from the whole movie that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Because when, when Dorothy's yeah, when Dorothy's just walking down that hallway and all them heads are sleeping, yeah, and she opens up that cabinet and Jean Marsh's head. I love how it's like her original head, and all these other heads have got like this pomp and ceremony. Yes. They're all in their own little cabinet, like beautiful. But her original head is just thrown into this dark <laughs> cabinet, locked, makeup all fucked up all over her face, like she's like, right, I'm rid of that fucker. Yeah. I'm gonna get myself some new young heads. But um, but then this is another disturbing thing. It's like you know she's keeping Dorothy until she's a bit bigger, and you can chop her head off. You know, yeah, just with kids watching this. I think I think I put it on for my daughter once, and she was just she just wasn't interested at all because it wasn't Tin Man and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, this was the sort of second point. You know, you're already you've already got that tension of going through this this room of heads, trying not to wake them up, trying to get this powder of life without disturbing the other head and stuff, and she knocks over the pepper or whatever, and mm. and then bang, eyes open. Then you hit with headless body rising up and yeah head you know headless things when i was a kid fucking hell just freak me out i don't know mm. what it do know what it is because it's something without a fucking head moving but mm. that was always something that used to disturb me and then you get this do you know what though there's um there's a couple of things in both of our movies that aren't connected to evil dead but when i watched them i was like this feels a little bit like Evil Dead. Yeah. And like obviously yeah, yeah. that 
when she pops up without the head, it reminded me of when uh, the headless woman goes into the the uh, tool shed when Ash is trying to cut Linda's head yeah. and stuff. And uh, there's another bit later on with the Gnome King, but I was just like, eh, that's like, <laughs> that's that's cool, that's cool. Like that happened before Evil Dead, but um, interesting. <laughs> uh, you know, we've got a couple of a couple of other supporting characters introduced here as well: Jack Pumpkinhead mm. and the Gump. <laughs> the Gump. The Gump. Uh, but you know these are more characters that are sort of displaying these issues. Really, you know, you could. Mm. It's like the old attributing mental health issues to the Winnie the Pooh characters. You know, yeah. You've got Jack Pumpkinhead, who's got obviously got these anxiety issues and these mummy issues, and. I'm Dorothy Gale. Oh, for a second there, I thought my mum had come back. Mm. TikTok, who's sub subservient and needs to needs to serve and to do whatever for Dorothy. And then you've got the Gump, who's just forced into existence yeah. and really can't be arsed. <laughs> you know. What about the Gump? He's all in pieces. And good riddance. I'm much happier just being ahead, thank you. He's like, you know, pretty sort of semi-suicidal. He's like, oh, well, I want, I want a kid. I'd rather just be <laughs> yeah. ahead sort of thing and not have to carry this fucking sofa around with me. <laughs> yeah. See, you know, they're not these... Happy, jolly characters <laughs> that, you know, even though, you know, the Scarecrow hasn't got a <laughs> yeah. brain, uh, hasn't got a brain and Tin Man's not got a heart and, uh, the, you know, the lion's scared of his own reflection yeah. or whatever. They're still jolly characters, you know, fun characters. And these are all just like, Jesus Christ, it's like the worst fucking mm. therapy session in the world. But, you know, you get it's. You get some nice, nice little scenes in here. You know, again, another great animatronic with the gump. Mm. Uh, a Jack Pumpkinhead, to be fair, is pretty, is pretty cool. Once you see him sort of stood up and yeah. moving about and stuff. Because mm. I think when we first see him, I think he's a puppet because he's quite thin. But then obviously, once he gets stood up and and then we see him in different scenes, it's definitely a guy in a costume. Yeah, but it still looks really good. I'm, you know, it's it's a, it, it's a cool character design and it has that little thing going back to the start. Obviously, like you have people in the real world and items in the real world that sort of appear in Oz. So then, obviously, you know, you've got like TikTok the machine. It's sort of like that machine that's gonna electrocute Dorothy or <laughs> with, Princess with uh, Ozma. <laughs> Yeah, his tongue. <laughs> Creepy. Um, but yeah, that Princess Ozma girl gives Dorothy a little pumpkin because it's Halloween season mm-hmm. and obviously that's that's Jack. But then that does remind me of um, later on, Dorothy's in her basically prison cell with that pumpkin, combing the pumpkin's hair that it hasn't got. And then I'm thinking to myself, maybe she does need to be here. <laughs> Indeed. Get the yeah. machine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but again, you know, it's it, it just sort of set piece to set piece. This film is is really mm. quite amazing. You got this again, beautiful sort of matte painting with them flying across and a nice, lots of nice little effects crashing into the nose. Because another thing I wanted to say, because it's sort of coming up with the the rock, it's like the faces on the rocks is pretty seamless. Yeah, it's pretty seamless to be fair. Really good. Uh, and a lot of those effects. Um, you know, sort of with the rocks and everything, the hands that make the doorway, you know, anything yeah. with hands is creepy. It's like labyrinth with the fucking mm. hands that are going up and down and all that sort of thing. This is definitely one of those movies where it's it's using all of the, the special effects tools in the special effects toolbox. Yes. Which I really like because you've, you've got your stop motion with the rocks, you've got your practical effects with, like, Jack Skeleton and all the puppets with, like, TikTok. Like, TikTok's a really fucking cool puppet. Yeah. 
I, when I was watching it, I was like, How do, is there somebody inside that? Or is, I it's don't know how it works. actually somebody upside down from what right, I remember. Okay. So I watched an interview with Faruza Bolt and she was saying mm. it was an ath- it was a gymnast who was basically sort of doubled over with his hands right. on the sounds really weird but it was yeah well yeah because like his legs are like really bowed aren't they and i was like there's no way a human can get their legs in there yeah. and move so that doesn't make sense but like it's, it's just brilliant it was like you know it was great but yeah like i say you've got matte paintings you've got everything they're literally throwing everything out at it and it's it just i i, I like that sort of stuff i think that looks way better than some of the stuff that yeah, you, you see you nowadays know, it's, it's just it's a beautiful looking picture Beautiful. Mm. Uh, so we get introduced to the Gnome King, who's obviously played by uh, uh, the guy who plays the the Doctor, uh, Nicole Williamson. Who uh, the only thing I can remember him from is uh, Spawn. He was. The, he oh was God, the I can't even remember. Oh, Spawn's not a bad film. Dodgy CGI, but it's mm. it's a, another film that's ahead of its time. But that's by the by. Wonder. <laughs> 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 uh, you know he's. He's a bit sort of playful, a bit untrustworthy, but he's you know mm. ultimately very sinister. Again, you've got this sort of almost Santa Clausy looking man who's just doing horrible things again. That just it's like the effect. Another, it was something that really creeped me out because it's 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 actually quite subtle. You know, he starts off as this sort of animation in the in the rock, yeah. like the rest of them, and it's it's. It's something obviously to do with each time he gets another person as an ornament, he changes, you know. So then it becomes a a, a claymation, I think. Yeah. Uh, effect. So he comes out of the rock and he's more of a person. Then when it happens again, it's it's physically Nicole Williamson with makeup on. Yeah. And it's another thing as a kid I always found really creepy because it is that he's getting closer. It's almost like he's coming out of the screen and getting mm. more more defined and more real. I think what really cements his sort of weirdness is the fact that he's he's relishing the fact that he's wearing a little girl's ruby slippers yeah. as well, you know, and, and, and really sort of uh, flaunting the fact that he, uh, he's got them on, which is amazing. Mm. They just fell out of the sky one day. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, again, another great little piece of effect work with, you know, him trying to eat Dorothy and then the yeah. egg dropping out and uh, into the Gnome King because obviously eggs are what kill him. That's why he's scared of chickens and that's why we've got yeah. Belina along for the ride. Otherwise, Dorothy gets mm. turned into mulch by the Gnome King. Mm. That's a cool little scene as well with all, like, the, the all the gnomes. Yeah coming out of the walls and it's pretty terrifying it's yeah, you know yeah. it's pretty creepy and that but then you know we do we we get a little bit of celebration here and a little bit of nice you know niceness finally after nearly mm. two hours you know reunion with the scarecrow and and uh, the cowardly lion who looks vastly different to yeah uh, he doesn't look like um thingy dingle from emmerdale anymore <laughs> looks like a lion, uh, yeah. and and the Tin Man who pause for an X Files uh, connection. Okay, uh, I'm not quite sure how it worked, but he was played or he's credited as uh, Deep Roy. Yeah, who uh, you may know from um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Played the uh, yeah, Umpa Lumpers has been in many yeah. many 
Flash Gordon, all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, but he plays uh, the beggar. Great porn name as well. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> what kind of porn, porn you've been watching again? Uh, he plays the beggar in series eight episode called Badler, which, if you haven't seen, I would thoroughly recommend. It's one of the freakiest episodes of the X Files. Okay. But then, you know, even in that roundup, it becomes a bit of a downer because Ozma's, you know, sort of, you've, you've got to go back and Belina stays mm. there and she ends up back at the house and seeing Ozma in the mirror. And, mm. uh, yeah, and Ozma's basically, don't be fucking telling anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, she's just got to live a life to live in a it. field in the southwest of England and and uh, watch as the family goes into debt. One thing I couldn't quite figure out was, was he, you know, when you get this this conclusion to what's happened at this asylum or whatever you were calling it, it's the nurse is seen sort of taken away in, in this police wagon or whatever, mm. obviously arrested for something, but I'm not quite sure what she's been arrested for. Yeah, I, I didn't get that either because... When uh, Ozma and Dorothy sort of escape and they jump into the river, like the nurse seems generally horrified that these kids are going to drown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just took that as she seems scary, but girls are risking themselves to get away from her. But she 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 actually means well. But they just you know she they perceive her to be really scary just because she looks scary. But, yeah. Um, but no, at the end she's 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 a villain for some the, reason. The only thing I could think was that you know the found out that they've got people in the cellar that they've mm. given this electroshock therapy to but as far as I'm aware in terms of history that's what they did in them days you know that's well, what yeah. they did with people who were I don't know maybe it's something to do with the doctor and his metal tongue maybe that's what it was <laughs> maybe I still maybe. I still find it weird that just because Dorothy is telling stories which like most kids tell about fantastical things or tell lies and she's not really having, you know, she's not sleeping that well. Then, basically, Auntie M decides, right, well, we're gonna, we're gonna connect you to the mains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She has, she has just very nearly, you know, even if this whole land of Oz is fictional, she's mm. still been whipped up into the air in the house. Yeah. In the middle of a fucking tornado. Yeah. So what? Who wouldn't be traumatized by that? Yeah, Jesus. Although to be fair, uh, Auntie M is played by Carrie's mum, so. And she wasn't a great mum in that either. No, there we so, go. Yeah. <laughs> we should do a special on cinema mums. Yeah, cinema so parents. Shit. Or parents, <laughs> yeah, not just mums. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the only other thing that really cements this as being absolute sort of one of the scariest films ever made, not just family films, but just in mm. general, is that during production of this movie, George Lucas visited the set. Oh, and this gosh. was where he first met Rick McCallum, who was a producer. And yeah. this led to them working together on the Star Wars prequels. No. 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 Yeah. So if that doesn't instill you with absolute fear and terror on an epic level, then don't know what will. Yeah. I will. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen the making of the Phantom Menace, you should definitely give it a go because it's it is just you know the recordings of a shit show happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah there's, and, there's and, and Rick McCallum just bigging everything up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and George Lucas, like, you know. It's stylistically designed to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. But I did want to get back to my uh, Evil Dead uh, type thing. Um, yeah. It's quite it's quite fucking freaky, you know, when Belinda lays an egg in and it goes into the Gnome King and he eats it and he's like, oh, eggs are poison to us. And then mm-hmm. what seems like an eternity, we're watching the Gnome King basically disintegrate and rot and fall apart. Yeah. And uh, it just reminded me of the end of uh, The Evil Dead when basically the uh, same sort of thing happens. Um, you know, a claymation puppet basically rots and disintegrates. Yeah. And we just watch it. And uh, that it just it just made me think of Evil Dead. But still, for a kid's movie, like, it's just it's just rock. But, like, there's blood in there and everything. And it just falls apart until its teeth are left in a skeleton. <laughs> and you're like, fucking hell, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's, it is just... Especially sort of watching it in this sort of vein of, of the podcast and the subject. It's just... It doesn't relent. There's not... There's no sort of room to breathe from the terror of these little, you know, you're straight from this mental asylum to to the Wheelers, to Mombi, to the Gnome King, and everything is just terrifying. Yeah, it's, it is a non-stop ride, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed the rewatch. Like, I haven't seen it for a long time. I'll definitely watch it again. It, it yeah. was it was brilliant. I really enjoyed it, and I think more people should watch it. Like I say, I think it's it's just ahead of its time. It's you know if that film was made, you think about things that you've got at the minute. You know things like the Sabrina series and things like that. You know where people are taking these these old sort of concepts or making them darker and more real, more mm. more edgy, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I think because I think well I think to be fair the, the original sort of Sabrina whatever it was was a bit darker anyway wasn't it I think this is it. the M- Melissa Joan Hart series it was mm. more of a light take on the original source yeah but yeah I think it, that you, that film been made in the last ten years I think it had probably done big business and as well it was only a PG and I kind of think if this film was made now I think it definitely would have been like maybe a twelve or a fifteen maybe pushing it because it is. Some... We'd like to think it'd be a twelve A at least. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. But just you know, just the scenes with the heads and stuff—it's really creepy. Just for a yeah. kid to watch that, like it, it really did freak me out. Really well done. Yeah, I did say the heads live with me for a long time. And also when uh, Mombi's, she's got like this carriage that's being pulled by the wheelers, <laughs> and she's just maniacally. Yeah whipping them faster yeah. faster and it's just creepy and she's just got this amazing costume and yeah she just looks great i just she's she's great in this g marsh is, is the standout for me i think she's fantastic so yeah. well i think you can also you can also tell with the film that it's made by a good editor you know mm. it's it's very seamless film mm. very yeah. very seamless and all the you know the action set pieces yeah, you can pick at certain bits of the the special effects where it may look a little bit clunky, but not you know for nineteen eighty five. It's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, and you've got to think, and most of that's probably coming down to Walter Mulch, you know, Mulch, mm. Walter Mulch, um, and his his directing and his editing, mm. or his his hand on the editing, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely no fat in it. It just it it starts and it moves and it doesn't stop. There was never a bit when I was bored. It was, it's a damn good movie, I think. Damn good movie. 
damn good movie. Well, do you have any anything else to say no, about Return to Oz? That's it for me. I shall uh, I shall hand over to you to let us know what uh, what your choice was. Okay. Well, uh, before I do that. Welcome to the intermission. So this is the part of the show where uh, one of us uh, puts a, a question to our co-host uh, that they know nothing about. Their, their answer is completely improvised and on the spot. Uh, so this week, uh, this episode, because it was Liam's choice of subject, it's, it's my turn to, to put the question to Liam. So, Liam, mm-hmm. yes. your question for this week is, what is your favourite DVD movie commentary? Ugh, okay. My favourite DVD commentary. Um, okay, uh, I think I've got this because me and, my co- me and my cousin used to listen to the commentary back in the day, like the nerds that we were uh, and it was for the first Resident Evil movie oh, and the reason, okay. yeah and the reason the commentary was so good was because basically Mila Jovovich and I forget her name what's her Rodriguez Michelle maybe. Rodriguez Michelle Rodriguez that's it just used to bitch and moan about the people that they worked with in that commentary <laughs> and I, we just remember it was really funny um, so yeah I would say that it would be that one i'd have to i'd have to on the spot gun to my head i would pick that it's the resident evil commentary from i don't fucking know when was that movie out 2001 something like that yeah yeah yeah. is paul Paul anderson on it as well do you know what i can't remember he might have been i don't know whether he had a separate sorry he's always you can say what you like about his films and he's made some stinkers um but he's made some some good films as well He's, he's, he's always very passionate about his films. He's always got a very good, um, you know, he talks very passionately about what he's making and why he's making it and uh, and the way he's making it as well, even if, you know, you don't necessarily rate it. I think it's 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 good when people have got that passion for the, the films that they're making. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um not a huge fan myself, but um, you know he's he's getting to do what he wants, so that's great. And he's married to Mila Jovovich. Yeah, uh, he's been married. Yeah, he's been married to her for fucking years. So you know, for a Hollywood relationship, they've done really well. Mm-hmm. So so kudos to them. Yes. Um, what would yours be, Pete? If you can think. Oh, there's quite a lot, really. To be fair, because I used to listen to them. Loads, and I like those ones. Like uh, Big Trouble in Little China, that's a good one because it is the first thirty minutes is just Kurt Russell and John Carpenter catching up with each other because they haven't yeah. seen each other for so long, um, talking about the kids and stuff, and it's quite sort of wholesome and that. Yeah. But um, one of our favourites, um, Mr. Brian Blessed, his commentary for Flash Gordon is pretty epic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because he it, the, the throughout the credits where everybody's names coming up, he's just very quickly. You know, like quick firing. Um, oh, Sam Jones! Oh, I love him. Lovely man. Lovely man. 
Timothy Dalton. Oh, yes. And, you know, he's just... It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's got all the the energy and and, uh, and bravado that Brian Blessed brings to everything, for um, even for a DVD yeah. commentary, uh, where he's sat on his own and just is still manages to be massively entertaining. Yeah. And if you haven't heard it, you need to. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I haven't actually listened to that, but um, maybe I shall now, after you said that, because we do love Brian Blessed. So. We do. Maybe somebody needs to pick uh, best, best film with Brian Blessed in. Okay. <laughs> I would pick Prince of Thieves, even though he's only in it for like two minutes. <laughs> and get strung up, or whatever it is. Yeah. I can't remember. Does you! <laughs> That's the best an actor has ever said you. That's <laughs> great. You! So, oh, wait a minute. I think somebody's coming back in now. So, that's oh, the. Uh, oh, Christ. Oh. Yes. I hope they've washed their hands, as they say. Yes. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, take your seats. We're about to go back. Back to the theatre. The future. I, was, I couldn't quite get it in there. But we're going back to you. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you next time. Right, okay. So that uh, leaves me with my pick now. So, as you may be able to tell from the title of this episode, obviously Pete went for Return to Oz. And strangely enough, my film is also a Disney movie. And it's uh, 1980s Watcher in the Woods. 30 years ago, something happened in these woods. Something happened in this chapel. Something no one will talk about. None of your business? Mr. Keller, please! Clear out of here. Something happened to a young girl. And it's happening again. I couldn't see myself in the mirror. Something is watching again, waiting. The Watcher in the Woods. John, get away! Betty Davis, Carol Baker, David McCallum, and Lynn Holly Johnson. The Watcher in the Woods from Walt Disney Productions. It is not a fairy tale. Okay, so uh, Disney's Watcher in the Woods from 1980, uh, directed by John Hugh, John Who, I think. Uh, I think that's how. John Howe, yeah. Directed by John Howe. There was also some reshoots done on this film by Vincent McEviti. McEviti? Oh, I don't fucking know how you say that, that name, but yeah, there were some reshoots and we'll get into that. Uh, the film starred... Betty Davis, Lynn Holly Johnson, Carl Richards, and David McCullen, and a few other people. Mainly people we don't really know, but obviously Betty Davis. So the synopsis for Watcher in the Woods is an American family move into a British country house only to encounter malevolent spirits. The ghost of the owner's daughter, long missing, torments the family's young girl. So that's that. I've got quite a bit to say about this movie because the reason I picked it I would have picked Return to Oz because that was that was a movie that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. But this one, there was something about this one because I just remember the scene where there's this unseen force lurking in the woods. 
watching and following people and it just used to really really creep me out i remember watching it when i was on my own and it just it just stayed with me obviously i'd forgotten everything else like pretty much how how bad this movie is um <laughs> but well, i mean i this the first time i've never seen this film i've, I've never even heard of it really yeah Nothing was familiar about this film, so I'd definitely not seen it when I was younger. But it is, you know, it starts off and it's pretty much throughout a regular horror film. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, this this could have easily been some sort of, you know, gothic horror, hammer horror type movie or something from the from the late 70s, 80s or something like that. Yes, I definitely thought hammer quality. I've got that on my notes. Yeah, it's... It's very hammer vibes. Yeah, very British. And, um, mm. yeah, I, I think there's some good stuff here now. It's based on a book, which I haven't read the book, um, and I don't know how closely it sticks to the source material, but we will get into it. There were some issues with the filming of this movie and all this sort of stuff. But I feel like there's, there's, there's some good stuff in it. The acting, not so. Basically, the movie starts, again, with like a little bit of an Evil Dead connection. It made me feel like the Evil Dead, because the movie sort of starts in the woods. There's this ominous eerie music and then there's this unseen force that we get like a point of view as it's going around the woods and it's watching and it watches a beige car very much like evil dead uh, and we see the people in the car and they're having a conversation and it's this american family and they've been looking for a house to stay uh while they're in england i think the the dad is a pianist or he's he's, he's something to do with music and the mm. the mother writes children's stories or something like that and just and and the very much sort of the McCann level of just leaving the kids everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was the late seventies, the eighties, isn't it? I mean, well, I suppose. I'm sure we'll get to the nonce in the woods. There's there's dangers there, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, it it made me laugh. I wrote down in my notes, but the, the little girl, I uh, can't remember her name. But when I first saw her, I was like, my god, she looks like Cro Magnum Man or something like that. She has this terrible haircut, <laughs> has this like really extended forehead type thing. I was like, oh god, she's the girl from uh, Halloween, isn't she? Yeah, she is. She's Lindsay Wallace. Yeah, and she was and, in. Kill, Halloween Kills as well. Uh, I haven't seen that, and I don't want to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she she was in Halloween. Uh, the the cast I haven't really seen them in anything else. I think they're all. Oh, I've seen them in loads. Oh, have you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it, I I might have seen them in something, but it didn't stick with me. But I mean, the main character Jan, I think is her name is. I didn't think her acting was very strong. She has this. No. expression on her face which is like shock and confusion and doesn't really know what's going on and she, she can be quite irritating why don't you like it i don't know the whole atmosphere i guess i had such a funny cold feeling out by the woods like someone was watching me same with the sister she's very irritating there's i don't know there's not really anybody that i could gel with no the, the young actors are very very typical 70s 80s young actors yeah yeah you've got the like the lad who plays um oh God, what's it? is it mike handsome farm boy yeah <laughs> yeah who's yeah. sort of sewn into his jeans mm. and uh we we know mike's riding the bike because he's the only one who's got mike written mike on the helmet on... yeah we need, we need that <laughs> 
don't don't do something ingenious like give him like a you know a really funky motorbike or like, I don't know give him a lightning bolt on the the petrol tank. No, we're just going to put Mike on the helmet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fair show enough. that show that for one one short clip. Yeah. So we know who it is. Fantastic. And that actually is a good segue to I think one of the issues with this film is that there's there's some some trouble with the editing. I think there was reshoots. Yeah. There was, you know, there's, you can look on YouTube. There's uh, multiple endings for this movie and you can definitely tell it when you're watching it. There's sort of scenes that just sort of start out of nowhere. You're like, Whoa, are we missing? I feel like we're missing some stuff. I mean, when we're first introduced to Mike, the handsome farm boy that we assume Jan <laughs> has a crush on or, you know, that, but they just sort of, we literally start the conversation with them mid-conversation. There's no, there's no little meet cute. There's no, there's nothing. They're just, they're just talking, and you're like, oh, this is a bit weird. But that happens a lot in the movie, and I think there's a lot of this film that's left on the cutting room floor. So there was, there's definitely a problem there with, with the editing. But there, are, there are some, some good stuff in this. I mean, it does have a really good creepy tone, and I mean, the music certainly helps that. And you know, they. They have this creepy house in the middle of nowhere. Betty Davis is doing her best evil Angela Lansbury. Where'd you hear that song? From Jan. She was humming it at the pond the day she fell in the water. Come in, child. There's something I want to show you. I think you'll like it. See, I'm, <laughs> that, but Betty Davis is just scary, I think. When yeah, it... Yeah, in in yeah. this she's she's quite creepy, and I do quite like when she first meets Jan, and she's sort of talking to her about, um, you know, are you adventurous and kind? Are you kind? And she's like, yeah. she's basically sort of like, you know, saying you've got the shinning. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know? Um, you mean the shining? <laughs> you want to get sued? <laughs> Oh, we're banging out Simpsons references today. Damn, damn right. But yeah, um, so yeah, there there is some good stuff in this. There was a nice little sort of um, subversion of my expectations when uh, Jan's carrying this big mirror into one of the rooms. She puts the mirror on a cabinet and she mm. knocks something off, and she goes down. So with you know, we follow her when she goes down. She picks things back, which puts it back. She goes back to look in the mirror. And me from watching horror movies is expecting to see like either a dead person behind a, a creepy yeah. little girl or something, but no, there's there's nothing, there's no reflection. And I was yeah. like, oh, well, that's actually kind of nice. That's actually a cool little little sequence. And then yeah, obviously fine. we get <laughs> bang, we get to um, the little girl blindfolded. Who I did write down in my notes that um, we have a little girl stuck in the phantom zone. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally like this triangle and the little girl that's stuck inside. I was like, ah, it's General Zod. <laughs> <laughs> Which does kind of connect our movies because you text me and said like both of our movies have um, little girls trapped in mirrors. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which is kind of weird. And Disney films, yeah. And they're both Di Disney movies, yeah. And I think this was the period when I don't know whether Disney had, you know, some new people come in, but I think it was sort of known as Dark Disney. Disney yeah. started doing a lot more mature stuff or, you know... More live action, didn't they? Yeah, Yeah. so you had movies like Watcher in the Woods and The Black Hole and, um, you know, other stuff uh, that was kind of a little bit more adult, a little bit more scary, not just your straight animation type stuff. Yeah. But um, I suppose basically what this movie is about, this American family moving to a house in England, there's something in the woods, some ghost that's trying to get in contact or trying to mess with Jan. There's a little girl who basically is Betty Davis's daughter that went missing some odd years ago and she's sort of 
getting in contact with Jan, the eldest daughter of this family. There's a cool little, well, there's, I think there's two like little shining references in this, or you know, it just made me think of the shining when Lindsay from Halloween writes, I can't remember what it was, but it's like Karen Narek, backwards, Neric. Yeah, and then we have that snap zoom of Karen, sexy farm boy's mum sees it and like, <gasps> Karen! <laughs> well, they said, <laughs> God. Yeah, it was a bit like, how can you, Narek? And they're, they're looking at it from the other side, and it's like, it very clearly says Karen. Karen, yeah, yeah. How you can not pick that up from the, in, you know, from the other side. Mm. I don't know, a bit silly. Dumb teenagers. But yeah. while, we're up, while we're on Mike's mum, yeah. this is one of those I recognised her from. Okay. It's uh, she plays. It's Francis Cooker who plays nice grandma in Friday Night Dinner. What are we gonna do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to stand out here and wait till he has another bloody heart attack. Bunch of penises. I'm sorry, I've never watched it. You've never watched, but though, well, yeah. I'm sure some of our listeners, yeah, uh, <laughs> they are not happy. <laughs> I would thoroughly recommend Friday Night Dinner. It's very, very funny. I've I've heard it's good. Yeah, didn't um one of the guys die? Uh, I think sadly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. The good guy plays that who's playing Martin in it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's you know I would. It was one of the things that sort of came out sort of post in between us that was, mm. and I was like wasn't really interested. Mm. And then I sort of got into it before the last series came out. I think it was. And yeah, it's brilliant. The guy who plays um, who plays the next door neighbour is just. Oh brilliant. yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I, I'm aware of it through like the zeitgeist of everybody talking about it, sort of thing. But I'm sure I won't get around to it like most things. <laughs> yeah. So uh, where was I? There's, there's definitely some good stuff in this movie. I mean, basically, this this Angela Lansbury, not Angela Lansbury, evil Angela Lansbury, who, Betty Davis, her daughter went missing, and there's a group of kids at the time that were basically doing this sort of weird mm. type seance thing. And initiation i think they call it don't yeah th- this is another thing basically like i don't really understand this movie like what's going on it is when you get to the end you're like oh i didn't see this i can't remember this like i thought this was about ghosts but it's not and you're like oh okay it's 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 very um what it made me think of was the episode of friends where joey's in the play and he's like and so i'm gonna get on this spaceship And I'm going to go to Blargon 7 in search of alternative fuels. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair representation of this film cuz you think it's some sort of ghost or something, but no, it turns out that these kids were doing this séance and they just so happened to be doing it on a eclipse and that caused a rift in the space-time continuum or something. So this little girl got replaced with an alien being that's been stuck on Earth in these woods trying to get back. And it's it's found Jan or Karen's found Jan and they're able to communicate with her somewhat to try and get all the people that were involved in this original seance to redo the seance so that they can send this alien home. And but also bring <laughs> the girl back. And as you can see, it's very fucking confusing. It's yeah. yeah um, well, to quote John Hurt. Alright, okay. <laughs> oh no more King Kingdom of the Crystal Skull quotes. <laughs> but apart from like the total shit show of the plot and 
the edited i think there's some creepy stuff in here you know it's it does feel like a like a gothic horror movie from the 70s or the 80s it just well i think even some of the performances are just creepy you know mm. not necessarily good performances but i mean but you got betty davis who's just pretty much hollywood royalty really isn't she yeah and just puts everyone else to shame i mean david mccallum He's a steady hand, I suppose, but it, these little sort of bit parts. The is it Tom, who's the who turns out to be the sort of peeping Tom? I don't know whether that's a direct <laughs> sort of oh, thing, um, but he just seems he, he seems even creepier when he's not, you know, in the woods with his knob out. Yeah, like he he comes across as some sort of like sex offender that lives in a shack in the woods, and but you think that you're going to get to know him, and oh, he's just this, you know, he's a bit simple, he, you know, he loves animals and stuff like that. But when Jan's stuck in his little shed with these dead birds hanging upside down, and he's like thrusting a crow, like here, hold this crow, and it's like, yeah. fuck, you know, this is this is very weird. It's just the guy's very bizarre. And then you've got that Ian Bannon who plays John John Keller. Yeah, the um, he was the rich guy basically, and he lives in some kind of a castle. Who was actually tagged back to to last episode he was the the leper in braveheart oh okay oh oh there you go well, well nice. to do scottish actor but he seems and he was also in slightly controversial to talk about these days but a film called ghost dad with bill crosby <laughs> okay if you can remember that I no i vividly remember it. he plays dr edith in that Oh, right, but he okay. see, he just seems to be acting in a completely different movie to everybody else in yeah this. he's very um very sort of very stagey about Karen Airwood? She needs help. How would you know that? I've seen her. Where? In mirrors. Ah, ah, yeah. Mirrors. Um, mm. And just, yeah, very out of place. Yeah, and there's, when I was talking about the editing, there's a scene where Jan, it's near the end, where she decides that she knows what she needs to do. She needs to get all the people from the original seance back together to redo it, to get Karen back. And she's talking to Betty Davis, and Betty Davis lets her go, and Betty Davis is like, I can't remember what she says, but it's something like, you know, God be with you, or Godspeed, or something like that. And then it literally cuts to Jan having an argument with him. We don't see yeah. her approach him or anything. It's like, Jesus Christ, what the <laughs> fucking hell's going on here? It's like, yeah, it's very weird. But I, I definitely think Return to Oz is a way better movie than this. I still had to pick it, really, because there's, there's some scenes in it that scared me. It's mainly when Sexy Farmer Boy and Jan go to the ruined church. And it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a nice, cool little set. I think it's a real church there. And uh, Jan's looking around, and she sees the face of Karen in the, like destroyed coffin sort of thing and she goes in for a closer look and then bam this crow sort of flies out and gives her a bit of a scare and it was a good little jump scare sort of thing and um it's quite eerie the place that she's in yeah i think those 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 bits you know the blindfolded sort of uh karen and mm. those little sort of snippets uh and even you know the little girl getting the sort of messages and and things like that it's very it is very creepy i mean even yeah. watching it as a you know, a late thirties with a bad back, adult. You know, it was those a couple of those little scenes were 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 you know a bit unnerving. Yeah, and I mean, I'll totally admit it. Like I watched it in the house on my own uh, late at night, and when I got into bed, I was laying there and I was you know I was a little I won't say unsettled, but you know that 
that creepy music and you know just being home alone sort of made me feel a little bit scared <laughs> um so i suppose it it did its job in that that regard i'll tell you what else was what else was scary really freaked yeah. me out in this film was the tightest turn through a gate in the car okay ever it's like literally like it must have been over 90 degrees that turn yeah it was very disturbing i must have missed that is is that when uh they were before, just at... before the yeah, just before the um, the bridge explodes. Yeah, and can I also have another Evil Dead thing <laughs> going on here? Yeah, isn't it a bit weird that they all jump into a car and try to leave, but the thing won't let them leave, mm-hmm. and the, and there's a destroyed bridge. That's another Evil Dead thing. So there we go. Two yeah, films just... based on the Evil Dead. Well, yeah, I mean, I think this was obviously being filmed in 1979, and the. The first Evil Dead didn't come out till what was it, eighty one or something like that. But I mean, they were filming that in the in the late seventies. So you know, oh, yeah. I I don't think Sam Raimi stole anything from this this bag of shit. Um, <laughs> but I just <laughs> I just the reason why I did pick I did manage to pick up one nice little piece of editing where you get in this backstory about the church catching fire. Yeah, and then it cuts to um, the fire at Betty Davis's house. Basically, and it's just mm. a nice little seamless sort of fizzle into the next scene yeah which i thought was pretty good and that was there was another one in that flashback actually which was uh young mrs aylwood is played by georgina hale who was teabag in the uh, kids tv series which was another thing that freaked me out when i was a kid okay i don't remember teabag i might be a little bit too young for that teabag, yeah you can't release it these days it's got completely uh wrong connotations to that title now i know i was gonna say come on kids we're all gonna watch teabag <laughs> <laughs> i'll go get you dad <laughs> uh, i had to stop myself from saying some very bad jokes then <laughs> that would have been the end of the podcast <laughs> oh, me. yeah yeah there's there's a lot of creepy stuff and that's that's another thing actually when i'm thinking about it is that karen wants to get out of the phantom zone let's call it the phantom zone she's stuck there basically and this watcher that's in the woods this alien being wants to get karen out of the phantom zone so it can go back to where it's from but then there seems to be a lot of instances where this watch a thing tries to kill jan or people around like it she falls into the water and then betty davis comes along and just it's trying to drown her or it looks like it's trying to drown her very bizarre um a lot of it doesn't make sense it's a lot of lazy writing in there as well it's like that you know you come out of that scene and the little girl's like she was trying to free you from the thing you know it's like yeah what you could have just shown us that to be fair yeah rather than like have to tell us have her pull her out of the water and like, oh, you know, sort There's, of thing. There is a lot of verbal exposition in this film. A lot of telling rather than showing. Yeah, I think that's just down to this film being a bit of a mess. Like the reshoots, them really not knowing what to do about the ending. Um, but, you know, I'd go back to what I said at the, towards the start is, it is, you know, if you added a bit more oomph to the, some of the scares and a little bit more sort of maybe violence or gore mm. or something this is a 15 certificate horror movie mm. yeah which you probably could have benefited from to be fair I, I think so i think if you get the the alien thing out of it and maybe chuck in a bit more money spend a bit more time on the script and maybe like let's i know let's get dario argento to direct this and have this <laughs> sort of giallo thriller or something like this you know with a ghost story in it I think it would have been a lot better, but well, it, uh, I mean, saying that, it, it, 
I would say it does remind me a little bit sort of that sort of jello sort of European horror mm. from the 70s and 80s where you have got a bit of you know that sort of randomness to some of the scenes and mm. uh, you know the editing's not always great in those sort of films either yeah and the sound design very similar yeah I suppose it does feel like this is a foreign movie that's been dubbed over <laughs> or something like that Do yeah. you know what I mean like it doesn't it doesn't fit well and again I think that just comes down to the editing where there's they've taken some stuff out and tried to replace it with other stuff and they don't really know how to end it. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the alternate ending, but I watched it on YouTube. It's it's worth a watch because it's like, obviously in the theoretical version, Jan's little sister is possessed by the watcher in the woods and comes in and tells her not to break the circle and, you know, you know, mm-hmm. be count- but in the, in the deleted uh, ending, this giant puppet alien thing that looks like the devil from end of days all right that has like a predator mouth <laughs> it's just very dodgy it sort of floats in kidnaps jan flies off and then sort of brings her and karen back later on it's very it's very schlocky uh right. th- yeah it's it's worth a watch i guess but um yeah it's it's return to us is definitely the better movie but this topic was about childhood trauma and i think there's enough in this this the scary stuff in this for a, if you're a kid to watch this oh god yeah yeah it'll it'll freak you out definitely i mean just with the setting the music there's some good jump scares in it um i mean just that that evil dead type that thing in the woods is following and stalking and watching that that always creeps me out and there's some good good old-fashioned child abuse when Jan's mum just grabs her and shakes her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did think... It, I, I was thinking sort of airplane. When, when I was like, happened. is it she going to very... slap her? But no, she just sort of grabs her by the shoulders and vigorously shakes her. You know, not 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 a great movie, but for the topic, I think it has some scares in it and it yeah. scared me as a kid. And it was kind of nice to watch it again after such a long time because... Like I say, I, I remember so little about it, and I just remember the eeriness to it, and um, you know that 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 stuff that scared me. So that, that's that's why I had to pick it. Really, it was, I, th- I think there's some scary stuff in there. Would I recommend it? I wouldn't really. I think it would be good for a remake. Why not remake this? Do you know what I mean? It's, they have remade it. Uh, oh yes, they did with um, Mort- Morticia. Yeah, I did check that and. I think it was worse than this one, so <laughs> yeah. Let's let's maybe not remake it. Let's yes, do probably, something else. Why you didn't remember it's been remade? Because you never yeah. heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I think it I think it popped up in my research a little bit now that you said that. I remember Angelica Houston was in it. Well, there we go. That's that's the Watcher in the Woods. Um, it's definitely not as exciting as Return to Was, but you know it has it has some some stuff in it that I think is worthy to talk about to scare kids. Okay, yeah. lovely. Lovely yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, so what did, did you consider anything else? What was your other sort of possible uh, choices? Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, because how this thing works is it was my my pick, so that means you get first dibs on the movie, uh, and you picked Return to Oz, and I would have picked Return to Oz too, because that's a really good good shout. But some of the other ones that popped into my head was uh, The Witches, speaking of Angelica mm. Houston. Yeah, The Witches. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I very nearly went for the witches. Yeah, uh, I remember we had like a little bit of a text thing going on talking about maybe what we were going to pick, um, and the witches did pop up. But also, do you remember Fern Gully? All right, okay. Yeah, there's that used to freak me out as a kid because there used to be like this evil tar smoke monster, 
and it used to it just oh, on this creepy old tree that used to really freak me out when I was a little kid. So you All know, right. yeah, there was Fern Gully, um, and there was also a movie I used to watch that I really enjoyed called I think it was called Dinosaur uh, in the UK, but I think in the US I think its original title was like Welcome to Dinosaur City or something. Okay. Um, and it's basically a live action movie. These kids, sort of like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, their dad's an inventor type thing. And they get sucked into this dinosaur cartoon that they love to watch. So they're right. in this dinosaur world, but these dinosaurs aren't like, they're like human dinosaur hybrids. And it's sort of like a Wild West dinosaur thing. But they used, there was an evil dinosaur uh, that lived in this volcano type thing. And it just, the scenes with him used to freak me out, used to really creep me out. Um, so that that would have been another pick, maybe. What about you? Uh, well, the, like we said the, the witches was was on the tip of my tongue really for mm. for this, um, but I do remember Return to Oz affected me that bit more than the witches. Mm. Uh, but you know, if you've got, I'm sure somewhere along the line, hopefully we'll be doing this for a while, and the witches all come up, so I'll save mm. that for then. Uh, Labyrinth, yeah, you know, there's some there's some bits in that I did sort of consider, but on the whole, it's a it's a it's quite a um, it's, it didn't quite affect me on the level of those two. Um, mm. and the other one, yeah, the, probably the most left field, but hopefully people will understand it, is Care Bears the movie. <laughs> okay. Because the, the the sort of evil spirit in that, which is this head in a book, okay. just used to frighten the life out of me. I mean, it's only like 60-something minutes long, Care Bears the movie. Oh, you might find the clips on YouTube of the evil spirit, but... It's just free. She basically sort of um, takes this 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 boy and corrupts him, basically. But it's it's got it's almost got some very sort of very light sexual undertones to it as well, and in that she's tempting him to to become evil and all this sort of stuff. But it's just the freakiest thing, and it's just this weird um, sort of yin and yang of the Care Bears who were. The Care Bears, basically, yeah, you know, very sort of sweet and wholesome characters, and and then this this evil spirit who's intent on wreaking havoc in the world and making everybody miserable and angry and just vile. But um, yeah, so that was that was there considered, and and the uh, the other one was Never Ending Story. Yes, particularly yeah, but- for. Gamork. Yeah, that that would have been a good one. My favourite director, old Wolfgang Peterson. Yes, of Air Force <laughs> Oscar, <laughs> yeah. Best Picture nominated, Air Force yeah. One fame. Get off my plane. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know that, and I watched that quite recently. And just what's even more disturbing, watching it with an older sort of frame of mind, is the the whole thing of the the nothing, this thing that just yeah doesn't no chaos or anything like that. It just nothing. It just no. Mm. That's a much more scarier concept when you're older. Mm. That it just gets rid of everything. Yeah, it is. There's some scary stuff in that. I I don't yeah. think I could rewatch it just because of when uh, is it Artreo the, oh, the horse dies. Oh god, that kills yeah, me every but he time. Doesn't, doesn't die though. It comes back. No, he, he comes the scare, back. But the scary, the scariest thing about that is the old fucking Falcor with his his rather dodgy sort of grooming of. Atreyu, <laughs> that just takes that just reminds me of bloody Family Guy where he's on his back on uh, Falco's back. You'll have to look that clip up and, okay. and drop it in. I'll have a look. I'm We're sure. Going it, oh. down, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you it. 
Okay. And the the wolf, the wolf thing, is it the, the, he was Gamork, creepy as yeah. well. It's Gamork, Gamork. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is that's creepy. Although easily defeated. Yes, yes. From what I remember. And it sort of shows yeah. that uh that the the budget didn't quite stretch for that animatronic or further than his head. Yeah. Cuz you only see well, his head running around and then his head in a in a black hole. <laughs> well, they spent it all on Falcor, which shows his bloody good dragon. <laughs> Bloody good dragon. <laughs> For the time, it, it looks pretty good. Well, yeah, that's true. I'd, I'd still rather have that dodgy, dodgy animatronic than than a big CGI thing flying around, which I'm sure they're remaking. I wouldn't wouldn't surprise. They me. are. Yes, yeah. it's the next Disney remake. I think. Uh, fantastic. Great. Okay. Well, I guess that wraps up our uh, conversation on childhood trauma. <laughs> 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 Movies that causes childhood trauma. Okay, so um, that leaves me to hand it back over to you, Pete, so you can maybe talk about the subject that we will be discussing on the next podcast. Yes, so, and umdenard a little bit about this, because we haven't done, although I think we've picked films that, like Watching the Woods this week, that are maybe not ones that we particularly like or think are very good, we've not actually done a subject on worst films or films that we consider to be terrible so then I thought about what what would be quite a nice, easy sort of film genre to tackle. Quite an interesting one, I think. Um, so I've gone for, or next episode subject will be worst video game adaptation. Okay. And there's 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 a smorgasbord of of choices for this one. Mm. Um, I've already got a couple under consideration, but uh, how about you? Is there anything? Do you think you've got a few things that pop into your mind? I think I've got, I've maybe got one or two. I'm just not that big up on my video game adaptations, so I might have to have a look at a few lists or something like that. Maybe just to if you go if you Google Uve Bold, you'll probably get quite a few well, sort of suggestions. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, I, I think I could probably think of a couple. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yes, so. So it just leaves me to uh, remind all our lovely listeners that uh, we do have our uh, Facebook page. You can visit us on the old social media, leave us some uh, some comments, and uh, let us know what you thought of this this episode. As as with the past podcast, we'll be putting up a poll so you can vote on which choice uh, you feel you agree with more. If you wanted to let us know, maybe your sort of suggestions, what you would have picked. Uh, then that'd be interesting to to have a look at. Definitely. Yeah. So thanks for listening once again. It just leaves me to say goodbye, and for Liam to say something awful happened here. I can feel it. Something awful. <laughs> <laughs>